Actually, I thought it came out way better than I thought it did after we recorded yeah. it. But I also cut like 20 minutes out of it. The unedited history of AC section was a disaster. Yeah. I feel like I should release that as a bonus podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Howdy! It is Saturday, November 18th, 2017, and this is episode 60 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? It's good to be back. It's been, we said, almost two months. I think September 25th was the last time we actually recorded an episode. Obviously, we've released stuff in the interim, but I was excited today. I was pumped up. I was like, I'm going to talk to Kyle about AC for an hour or so, uh... I'm ready to do it. It'll probably be more than an hour, given how much stuff that we have to get through that came up in the last two months. But Well, ho- hopefully we can go quickly and try to shoehorn this in and not make it a two-hour episode. But uh, yeah, this is kind of an episode of firsts, right? We mentioned before the show started, it's the first time you haven't been drinking during the show. I know. I think this is this is the first time we haven't recorded at night, right? It's this the is middle the, yeah. of, middle of the afternoon right now. Uh, my schedule at night is still a little bit in flux, so Craig kindly offered me this mid-afternoon slot to try to get this episode in, so jumped at it. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird with it daylight out. I don't know, I don't know yeah. how it's going to affect my mood. Maybe this will be a totally <laughs> weird episode. It'll either be the best or worst episode ever. I know. We can find out if I need to be drinking during the podcast. <laughs> we will know. It's like spinach and Popeye. Yeah, exactly. Uh All right. So, I mean, I don't think there's too much to talk about other than, you know, as as we mentioned before the break started, uh, I had a kid who is doing very well, but, you know, still working on getting him to to a consistent schedule. And hopefully we'll be able to record a few more. Nights are still a little bit up in the air for me, but we will try to do what we can. Yeah. Um, Trying. Trying our best. I don't know. So while I've been busy at home with with a, a new uh, son, what have you been up to, Craig? Uh, been trying to post more in the Facebook group, post some more on Twitter, talk to other podcasters. Uh, and in that spirit, I went on Cousin Vito's podcast to talk about the upcoming Travel Zork, uh, Zork Fests and to talk a little bit about winter in AC and give Cousin Vito some recommendations for things like restaurants and tables to play at and stuff like that. So if you want to listen to that one, that's at his uh, website and obviously the Cousin Vito's Casino podcast. Uh, Go check out the episode with me. The newest episode actually has Eric Rosenthal talking more about total rewards and uh, we get a mention again. So that's cool. So more about Zorkfest and Atlantic City. And then Sort of in tandem with that, I wrote a guest post on Travel Zork about why I love Winter and AC so much. Probably uh, com- comes off a little bit promotional for Atlantic City, but that's fine because that is how I feel about Atlantic it's, City. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like that's that's part of our job is to try to sell people on Atlantic City. Yeah, and I don't think... I, I mean, mean I, for so, us to, to feel good about accepting all of that sweet AC money, we have to give them something back. Yeah, we we get paid a lot by the city. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's actually why they talk about it like it was the Borgata <laughs> tax abatements. But in reality, it's all the marketing dollars they're paying us to keep the podcast afloat. Yeah, I mean, you should look at some of the, the records of, of all the do AC budgets and yeah, so, so like that's and, been coming to us. Yeah, and like CRDA gives us a bunch of money. So if, if you <laughs> really... If you really believed all the stuff we said about not monetizing, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, but in reality, we are flush with cash from the bankrupt. We bankrupt Atlantic City. Also, as a change of pace, you know, now that we have this AC money coming in, I will totally disown Clark, New Jersey. It is not very good. <laughs> Don't go there. You're going to have to beat AC's offer for me to recommend it again. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> this is a twisted web that we weave of lies. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's... What I've been up to, so I guess the question is, all of that stuff leading up to Zorkfest, are we going to Zorkfest in two weeks? Well, so you you are. I'm I, booked. I'm not going to Zorkfest, but I'm going to try to get up there on Friday. 
just for a day trip. I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to or not, but I'm trying to make it happen. It'd be awesome. Uh, but I will I, definitely not be there. For <laughs> understandably difficult with uh, right? with a young child and another young child. Young, yes. young and younger. Yes, uh, two years and six weeks or whatever. So I'm going Friday afternoon, depending on when I can bail on this conference that I'm at Thursday, Friday. And then I'm staying at Bally's on Friday night and then going to the Zorkfest activities on Saturday. Probably gambling a little bit on Saturday evening slash night and then taking a very, very late bus back to New York slash North Jersey. Uh which, on the one hand, I was like, mm, it's going to suck to get home at 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning. But I got home at 4 in the morning yesterday after a 11.30 p.m. hockey game. So maybe it's not that different than a normal weekend for me. Yeah, that's true. So I guess with all this talk of, of babies and everything, is this going to be your last Atlantic City trip? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I guess we might as well go ahead and say that I right. actually have a son due in February, late February. So... February 26th, I – and babies always come right on the due date. That's science. Yeah. So it will be February 26th. Actually, my first child did come on her due date. but uh, My I, first son also did, but it was a really? C-section. So Oh, well, that's that makes sense. Because he was a million pounds. <laughs> Literally a million pounds. Uh, he was – yeah. So just as Kyle's getting his schedule back to regular, I will be going off the grid. So it should work out perfectly – to make as <laughs> sporadic and irregular do for a win episodes as possible for the right. course of like a six month span. Yep. But so just just right when we're getting back into the flow of things in January, probably we'll we'll have another hiatus or something in February. I'll I'll try to record a few episodes while Craig's out, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming I can get into February. I mean, you got pretty close to your. Yeah, we recorded the week of his birth. Yeah, so I'll, I'll probably shoot to do the same thing, and then really, like, March would be when you'd see another mailbag episode, probably, <laughs> and <laughs> the the unabridged history of Atlantic City, unlike mm-hmm. the edited version that we had uh, a couple episodes ago. So, should we talk about the news? Because there's lots of it. Yeah, let's dive into the news. So, I guess the biggest piece of news that has come out in the last two months since the last news episode is that elections happened in New Jersey. And of some note, I guess, is that uh, Phil Murphy, the Democratic candidate for governor, won. And one of the things he was running on was ending the takeover Atlantic City. Correct, Craig? I don't know that he was running on it, but he certainly said that he was going to do that. I don't – I'm not 100% convinced because I don't think – People who wield a lot of power in state politics are going to be holding his feet to the fire on that. But I think the speculation is that even if he ends the takeover, it will go to some sort of, you know, partnership, which I think this is technically called a partnership that they're in right now, uh, where the state still has a lot of oversight. And the state had a lot of oversight before the takeover. So it's going to maybe be basically like it was in 2015, let's say, and maybe not like it is now. Yeah, I just can't. Where the state still has a lot of say in what's going on. Yeah, I can't see the state just being like, okay, mm-hmm. you've got full autonomy, go for it. Try not to mess it up again. So there was also a mayoral race that was decided in the last couple of weeks, and Frank Gilliam, the Democrat, defeated the incumbent, Don Guardian, uh, who was a Republican. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this, Greg? Uh, not a whole lot. I think it was kind of interesting because Guardian seemed fairly well liked, but obviously Atlantic City's heavily democratic so i don't think it was too surprising that gilliam came through and won he also had a lot of sort of democratic apparatus support if you will (laughs) yes Uh, the atlantic city apparatus uh but i guess my big question is do you think this is meaningful to us or to other people who are just tourists in atlantic city or is this i mean obviously it's more meaningful to residents but how does this affect us Uh, I suspect it doesn't really affect us a whole lot. If anything, honestly, it might be slightly good for tourists because Gilliam was always someone who got along much, much better with people like Steve Sweeney, who have a lot of power in the state than Don Guardian did. Uh, So uh, things might get slightly better for tourists, um, but I think it's going to affect residents a lot more. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I don't think there's too much more to say. Yeah, I don't really. I was going to make another throwaway comment, but... Why waste yep. words? 
That's right. It's the new <laughs> new Craig after two months. Yeah. Come in very brief. <laughs> That's good. All right. So I guess a big piece of maybe possibly news came out also during the break that maybe possibly Revel is actually selling. I know our friends at Route 40 kind of broke the story. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So now is where I break the brevity thing because we have a lot of stuff to say. Uh, so... There's been filings with Atlantic County, uh, two separate filings, saying that a sale is in the works or has been agreed upon, but not formally. Uh, it's it's confusing. I should state that we are not real estate attorneys. Uh, yes, don't listen to this, Huba. I think wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I posted something on uh, one of the Facebook groups saying what I understood to be the meaning of this latest filing, and I'll explain it. But I, I guess it sounded so official that it, it came off like I was a real estate attorney, but that's not the case. So I have taken a real estate law class, but I'm not a real estate attorney. I haven't even done that much. I talked uh-huh. to a real estate lawyer once. Yeah. Yeah. So about about this, actually, about the first filing. But mm-hmm. So AC Ocean Walk is a newly formed company that submitted what's called a notice of settlement filing with Atlantic County. Route 40 reported on this. The person who actually broke this on Twitter was former Press of AC reporter Ruben Kramer, who I think is friends with the, the Route 40 folks. That's right. So there's an article that I'll link to by Eleanor Comley on, on RT40.com. So AC Oceanwalk is controlled by Bruce Dyfik, who is a Denver developer. He has some gambling investments already, casino investments already. It seems like they are backing Robert Landino and the 10 people, the team that was going to manage the casino at Revel, well, at 10. Anyway, so it's basically like 10, the the 10 management group has found new backing, (laughs) has found money to to come in and try to buy out Straub and still make 10 happen. So this filing is is very different than the previous filing in that the previous filing just sort of said like, hey, there's an agreement and there was very little information. This filing has uh, says that they have a mortgage commitment from Deutsche Bank. Uh, so it seems a little more serious. No mon- dollar amount was given. So, you know, we don't know what the sale amount is. And the this one includes the mortgage company, it includes a t- title agency, and it includes uh, by name Glenn Straub's attorney. So Straub still denies it. It's not signed by Straub's attorney, but Straub still denies it. He says he doesn't uh, doesn't know anything about it. Uh, so uh, he says he said he never signed anything. That was uh, Amy S. Rosenberg's tweet. So nothing's ever simple with with Revel. From what I can understand from the Googles, is that the notice of settlement is a New Jersey specific thing, and basically you file it indicating that there's an agreement between two parties that a sale is has been agreed upon, but there's no final contract signed yet. And so now they have 60 days from this filing, which was, uh, I think October 31st. Uh, so they have 60 days from that date. So basically through new year's Eve to get a fine final contract submitted to the County. If they don't do that, uh, AC ocean walk can file an extension for another 60 days. But what it does mean is that it would be extremely hard for Straub to sell to someone else in the next 60 days. I think that's a really important uh, caveat or whatever of this filing. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Is this thing done? Are we just waiting for the paperwork or are we <laughs> just I, in a, a, another step in the long I, side? I will never say it's done and there are signatures on a piece of paper. I've learned my lesson uh, often enough with Rebel, but... I do have to say that this does seem pretty promising. And just so people know, if you remember right before the agreement came out that Glenn Straub made with the Connecticut based developer to have 10 come in and, and run things, you know, it was the day before he was saying, I've never heard of this guy. I don't know who this is. Like you're just making this up. And then lo and behold, people weren't making it up. So hopefully this is like that. And we are actually getting somewhere and Rebel will be sold and then hopefully be on track to reopen in the spring or summer. Yeah, I mean, I certainly won't feel confident in it until there's a contract signed and, and you know, 
dates of turning over the the deed or whatever <laughs> to, to the place. Uh, our friend Dave in the Facebook group asked if Straub's sort of playing ignorance on these types of things is a bargaining chip or like a, a way to sort of keep his bargaining position in case another buyer wants to come in. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think he's just kind of ornery and doesn't like to say that things have happened until they're actually final. I <laughs> right. mean, that's just my impression. I don't think it has to do with any grand strategy. Yeah. So I, I, I would have agreed if this was the only time he'd done it, but I don't think denying that he knew yeah. Robert Leandino had anything to do with bargaining position. I think it's just his default position. Right. Uh, He's just not going to talk about anything to right. the press. And then Eleanor from Route 40 mentioned on Twitter that it's possible that he actually doesn't know. Like, that this is all just handled by lawyers. And that right. he doesn't have to know, really, like, the inner workings. Like, maybe he's just, given them some number that they can sell it for. And so he doesn't have to right. know until he signs a document. It's possible. I mean, just – this is my impression. You know, obviously, I'm not on the ground in Atlantic City. But my impression is that when he first bought the Revel, he was really, like, all in, very interested in Atlantic City. He was living up there. Mm you know, all the time and, and was really gung ho about it. But as far as I know, the last several months, he's doesn't really come to the city anymore. He's living back down in Florida. So it's possible he's just checked out and doesn't care. And I suspect once he sells Revel, that's probably the last that we'll hear of Glenn Straub. Yeah. I can't imagine he's, his interest it seems in... like he didn't enjoy his, his <laughs> New Jersey bureaucracy experience. No, I don't think he's going to have nice things to say about Atlantic city when he <laughs> pieces out. Uh, so should we move on? I guess there's more Revel stuff. Uh, <laughs> two weeks before this, actually, Straub had told, uh, I think it was Nicholas Huba, that if he does not win his casino appeal, his casino license appeal, meaning his his appeal saying that he should not have to have a casino license, he's going to open a drug rehab or a hospital center at Revel. Uh, so add this to the list of, of sort of way out there things that he suggested. There's- Nothing I care less about than what Glenn Straub says he's going to open at the Rebel. <laughs> right. I mean, there's no way. It's not zoned for that. So there's no way CRDA approves that. Like, that would just, you know, they wanted revised plans for, like, the shrubbery around the building. I can't imagine being like, this was a casino, but now it's going to be a drug rehab center. I can't imagine that, that that's going to get approved. So I would say mostly ignore that, even though we didn't just now. Uh, the other wrinkle in this whole thing is that uh, the New York-based investment firm that initially made the $225 million offer that we talked about, I think it was 220 and then they upped it to 225 or something like that, uh, now says that they've acquired the development rights to the land adjacent to Revel. So this is uh, – it was supposed to be a 30-story mixed-use residential and retail building. Now this company, Keating & Associates, wants to make it 40 to 50 floors, and they want more commercial and, and retail space. So they're going to have to go, I think, in front of the city and the CRDA with their changes to the plan that was proposed initially. Uh, this is obviously very, very, very early stages, but uh, Keating & Associates has announced that they have acquired this uh, this land. So something to cool. look out for, possibly more development up at that end of the boardwalk. It could be very interesting. I mean, that would be years away because they've got to build the building but right uh, you know if if all these things happen and are successful that part of the boardwalk would look very very different you know 10 years from now yep booming success 10 years from now atlantic city <laughs> having a renaissance of sorts that would be surprised yeah that's, i mean that's the uh it's it's heading dream. in the right direction i think so speaking of things that would have to happen in a renaissance of Atlantic City, especially for us, is an Atlantic Club sale, right? Yeah, that would... Uh, you can't have a renaissance without the Atlantic Club. Yeah, so TJM Properties, who owns the Atlantic Club, said uh, on October 10th, so it's been a while, it's been over a month, that they had a deal in the works and the buyer was like aggressively pursuing the funding to to get the money in place. So... We haven't heard anything about this in six weeks. I would not get too excited because we've twice heard about sales and had supposed buyers take media members on a tour of the property only to find out they couldn't actually secure the funding. So this was something that TJM mentioned as 
imminent, and here we are a month and a half later and haven't heard anything. I don't know if you have anything to add about Atlantic Club. Not really. I mean, I, I like the property, but yeah. I, well, much like the Rebel, I'll believe something when there's signatures on paper. Yeah, I mean, obviously the speculation in our Facebook group and on Twitter was like, oh, is this going to, are they going to bring back a casino? I think I'd have a tough time imagining it. Yeah, it's hard to imagine, but... Yeah, especially with, at the very least, Hard Rock opening next year, potentially 10 as another casino. Like, to get back to 10, mm-hmm. 10 casinos, I would be pretty surprised, but... Yeah. Trump Plaza News, our other favorite property. Yeah, so there was a story, uh, we've talked about it in the past on the podcast, that uh, there were some issues with Trump Plaza that it had some structural issues and it needed to get demolished, but it's also was running the, the heating and the, the circulation for boardwalk hall. The pipes kind of go through Trump Plaza. So it was going to be a big mess to get that handled while you were taking Trump Plaza apart. But Don guardian came out and said that Trump Plaza will be getting demolished, but there's really no further details than that. Yeah, I mean, he said it's going to happen in the coming months, but then, I don't know, I mean, there a link to the Nicholas Yuba article, so you can read it for yourself, but uh, he said it's set to be imploded in the spring, uh, it would open up all that, you know, prime property, and then there's some quotes from uh, someone at the Economic Development Committee of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber, but there's no real, like, proof that this is going to happen or plans, so I, I'm interested to hear more i'd sort of want to push back on that and say like okay where's the funding coming from because they said it's going to cost over two million dollars to do what are they doing about the hvac i think there's a lot of questions still to be answered and i don't think like like don guardian maybe wouldn't be the best person to know (laughs) i don't know i mean i guess if the city was going to foot the bill but i just i can't imagine that they would be able to Uh, yeah i'm sure that the state would sign off on that yeah (laughs) Yes, the new state so, overseers. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I know there's been a lot of talk of taking that building down, and uh, but keeping the parking garage just for additional beach and event and playground parking. So, yeah. uh, so you, you, the word you said was implode. Are they actually talking about imploding it? Because oh no, 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 sorry. I, yeah, I don't think. I mean, it seems like it's awful close to a lot of other things to be doing that. Yeah, I think it would be more like getting out your your socket wrenches and taking it down slowly. Yeah, it would definitely be like a dismantling, I think, because it's basically attached to Boardwalk Hall. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we talked about the HVAC already. That would all have to be done before an implosion. But I also think implosions are just kind of not uh, the the most economical way to do it. So if you're buying a property to make some new big property, the implosion sort of a marketing event. But I think if the city or CRDA or somebody else is tearing this thing down, that's not opening up some big casino or some big development, I don't think they're going to be demolishing it. And even if a casino does, um, casino operator does buy it, I don't think a an implosion is the way they're going to go because it's not cost effective. Yeah, no, I don't think so. So looks uh, fun, but the most important piece of information that you didn't share craig that i guess we don't know what is going to happen to the rainforest cafe oh yeah so so in the implosion i think they would just like wrap that whole thing in saran wrap and then or no they would do like whatever it's called like the is it a sarcophagus is that the thing that's around chernobyl they would just put that around the the because um, the food is radioactive and it's not safe to be on the boardwalk next to it yes yeah that too uh, the Rainforest Cafe, a.k.a. Jungle Grill. Yes, as Fred calls it. <laughs> Which I actually almost just called it again, if you can believe it. Uh, my brain, I don't know, doesn't work. But that should, that should be obvious now, 60 episodes it, into this thing. It's been a long break. You know, it, it takes has. a while to get back into the groove. Yes. So we'll get right back into the groove. In and July then... or something. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Perfect. So MGM news borgata news do you want to talk about that uh so no more no more implosions or buying new casinos now we're in actual operating casinos 
this is something you'll you'll have more of the nitty gritty of of the news on. But M- it sounds like MGM is going ahead and building a sports book in the Borgata, which is surprising given that sports wagering is still illegal in the state of New Jersey. But it seems like they are mighty confident that they are going to be able to run a sports book in the Borgata if they're going to spend seven million dollars to build one. Yeah. So this is all linked to an article by Steve Ruddick on PlayNJ.com. Uh, Steve Ruddick also is someone who probably as frequently as anyone is covering the, uh, New Jersey gambling sports, sports betting case. So, uh, if you're interested in that, look him up, um, and follow his Twitter. So there've been multiple reports actually that MGM was investigating, uh, creating a sports book at Borgata. Now there's a report that they're going to spend $7 million to do it. Clearly, they are very confident that the Supreme Court's going to rule in in New Jersey's favor on this. But I I don't know that sort of green lighting it and breaking ground are the same thing. Like, I don't – I mean, obviously, this is not a done deal because I would assume if the Supreme Court decision falls through, this plan is going to get changed in a heartbeat. And we don't know anything about like start date. I think everybody sort of assumed when this report came out, like, oh, wow, they're going to have this thing built. And then day one of, of sports betting, they're going to start taking sports bets. I would be really, really surprised. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess they could like just say it's a renovation of the race book anyway. So like, what do we really have to lose? And it's not like $7 million is a ton of money to, to MGM. <laughs> I was going to say Borgata, but to MGM especially. <laughs> so... I don't know. Maybe they'll just go ahead and do it and, and figure it'll be uh, multi-purpose and have some use even if this doesn't go through. But it does seem like a pretty big vote of confidence in us getting sports betting at some point in New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see if, if people who go to Atlantic City more than we do say that they're actually going to like when they actually start doing stuff and if that happens before the ruling comes out. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of excitement around this when this got announced, uh, in at least in the Everything AC group. And I think people took it as a sign that it's done, that it's like definitely going to pass or that it's very likely. And I I think at first I was like, wow, if they're really confident, like they have done their due diligence. But I think I've walked myself back on that a little bit. I mean, I'd love it. I'd be very excited about it. But All right. We'll see. Yeah. We want to dive through some some rapid fire stuff. Sure. We've got yeah a few little news so I a, items. I have a question for you. Yeah. Has has the observation wheel opened, which was supposed to open in October? This, this was the last opening, right? Yeah. So it's July, and then they pushed it back to October, and then they pushed it back to November. Still not open. Now they're saying January uh, on their website, the Steel Pier website, and they have a calendar up. So it will be open seven days a week. I think until ten or ten thirty on weeknights and 11 or 11.30 on weekends. So it'll be, you know, open into the night so you can go up and see the cool view of all the casinos and the ocean and all that stuff if you want to do that. Hopefully it actually happens. It looks, it's looked done for months, but uh, clearly just not quite ready to start taking visitors. So I'd love to see it. I have a feeling it's going to happen too late for me and i'm going to be you know months and months away from my next ac <laughs> trip when it happens but uh i hope i'll send I hope you it pictures opens. from it though yeah sounds good i hope Perfect. it opens and and is awesome and we'll skip the next one because i think it'll be contentious between me and you so we'll we'll end on that one uh okay so gold nugget posted a picture of of a temporary wall with a coming soon bills bar and burger yes uh downstairs yeah any any thoughts i know we were both kind of bummed when it left Harris as did all of the other kind of chain restaurants. Yeah. So Bill's bar and burger was at Harris. We really liked it. Uh, it's a small chain. They've got, I think New York city and like Pittsburgh or something. They mm. used to have more locations. One of them at Harris, that one closed. And now clearly golden nugget has sort of snatched them up if you will, or they've reached an agreement at least with golden nugget to open in the former bean and bread space, which was just a sandwich and coffee shop. Uh, off right off the casino floor next to the chocolate shop. Um, and I, I'm a little interested to see how they do this because that 
was just a counter. It was just like a service counter. So I guess they could close it off. There was seating there that was just open seating for both that and the chocolate shop. They could close that off in some way. They could just run it as sort of a a counter with a kitchen, I guess. But I'm interested yeah, to see how they do it. it. Yeah, I don't know. We will have to see. But I'm excited. Bill's Bill's burger was definitely good. Yeah, and and kind of something that was missing from Golden Nuggets restaurant lineup. They didn't really have a burger place and it actually i was always sort of disappointed with the lunch options at golden nugget especially in off season because you know the the deck had food and that's closed in the winter this would give them a more legit option than just sort of like deli sandwiches and stuff which i think that's good for golden nugget all right i do have to say that in my experience i cannot recommend the deck's food it was pretty <laughs> poor i think when we were there it's a nice place to sit and drink but i wouldn't buy food there yeah, I have pretty but low standards for just me for the, sitting out on a deck and and drinking beer and looking at it was at pretty sailboats. bottom of the barrel bar food. Yeah, it's like snack stand for food almost. A quite expensive price. <laughs> yeah, I think you're you're paying for the ambiance, Kyle. Right. Oh, it's. I mean, it is a nice place to drink, but I wouldn't get food on the deck. All right. So anyway, I guess I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll have the same opinion on this. But Bally's is offering a five dollar per night discount, and this is off your resort fee, correct, Craig? I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. But yeah, it's... I guess it doesn't. Well, if you're comped, it matters, right? Yeah, I don't think if you're comped, they say that it's just a five dollar credit. But I would assume that if you are comped, it, it they're not going to give you ten dollars in like rewards credits or something if you skip mm-hmm. your housekeeping for two nights but anyway right so anyway yeah bally's is offering five dollars per night uh discount if you skip housekeeping for your stay so two night minimum obviously because one night you don't really have the option of skipping housekeeping right so i don't know are you would you do it craig i think i probably would i i mean if it's more than two nights now if i'm there for three nights which is incredibly rare i probably wouldn't and i just because i want the clean fresh room so I'm torn because between my like incredible cheapness and the ease of this to opt into where you're just like, yeah, no, I'll take 10 bucks if you're handing it out or five bucks mm-hmm. a night if you're handing it out. But uh, I also do really like coming back to the room when it's been refreshed and, and the, the bed's been made, which is something, you know, at home, I have to make my own bed. So that's part of the vacation experience is like coming back. Like if you come back and the at four in the afternoon at any other hotel and like the room hasn't been made you're like oh the room hasn't been made up yet so i don't know i i'm torn but i I would probably opt in especially on a two-night stay what about you i would do it i mean i've been known i mean there have been many occurrences where i just put up do not disturb all day anyway because i don't want them to come in and make my room so (laughs) yeah i knew it's i think uh I don't remember if it was Snickers 99 Poker or somebody else on Twitter said, like, yeah, I, I just leave the do, do Not Disturb up right. the entire time anyway. I, I do that. So this is well. free money. <laughs> yeah, it is literally free money for me. Yeah, so, so I think for a lot of people, this is... I mean, a lot of people actually don't want housekeeping in their room for, like, security yeah. reasons and stuff. So uh, It's not security reasons, just, I, I don't know. I don't well, really care. So I mean, I do know people who, for security reasons, don't want housekeeping. Yeah, 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 Mainly yeah. because they... I know a guy I who was... have zillion dollars with them. No, I know a guy who was in his hotel room napping and housekeeping came in and he woke up and saw the woman like rifling through his backpack. <laughs> Why would you do that when he was I have no idea. in the room? So he went that sounds and, like fake news. Yeah, I don't know. He went and told the hotel and they just didn't believe him. It's interesting. Good stuff. I don't I don't believe that story either. So I mean I was in the hotel when it happened, so I'm <laughs> I have I'm I believe him. I'm reasonably confident he didn't make up that story in like the 10 minutes between when it happened and when he told me. Uh, mm. But yeah, I mean, it's weird. And it was also some crappy motel in like Ben Salem, Pennsylvania uh, or something like that. Uh, um, okay. So not like it was not, Caesars or no, something? No, no, no. Okay. It, okay. If, it, if it, right. it was like an Econo Lodge, it was, that was probably like that, the that, Okay, I'll buy that then. <laughs> they probably didn't believe him in quotes because management was in on it because you were in a crappy motel. Oh, good point. Wilkes Bearer or something. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, probably more than likely. But sure, if you have like a bunch of money in your room, and for some reason you're not using the safe, <laughs> right? I could see where you would not want housekeeping there. All right. So we're actually through most of the news in in record time. I think. Yeah, so, I thought we were going to have to skip the new game stuff, but 
But we don't. We don't at all have to skip the Well, let's let's start with the the short one. Uh, sure. There's yet another Gameco game. At Our favorite Borgata. game developer. Yes. So when I think of quality uh, skill based gaming, I think of Gameco. <laughs> they're getting iteratively better. It's like a programmer learning bad, to program, but and like I mean, you can see the process, the progress. Like the most recent one, which is still nothing but net, right? I think so. Yes. I mean, it's not a good game, but it's infinitely better than Pharaoh's Hidden Temple and Danger Arena or whatever the first two games are called. I actually liked the basketball game. Like, I would t- I would go out of my way to play the basketball game, which sounds insane. Uh, yeah, you're crazy. But, I, I mean, I, I say that, but I won't when I'm there in two weeks. Like, I'm not going to go to Tropicana just to play nothing but that. But if I <laughs> so was, you lied. Well, I mean, if it was at Valley's <laughs> or Caesars or Wild Wild West... And I would go out saying. of my way and take 10 steps to yeah. the machine. I'd walk through the walkway to the other casino just <laughs> to play. That's the distance I'm willing to go. Even if it was in like the deep corner of Park Place? Mm, yeah, probably. What if, if you was... had to go up the huge escalator to the sixth floor or whatever? No, probably not. <laughs> I don't want to be in If it was some... in the old uh, Billy's Poker and Ponies? Yeah. I would, I would actually go do that because I want to see it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but that's another thing. That's actually an interesting point is that I don't want to go to some like special millennial gambling area. Like, mm, here's where all your your skill based games are. Here's where your Shack Jack Stadium gaming. I don't want that to be a special area. I want it to be in the middle of the casino floor because what I like is the casino floor. So so put it where the people are. Don't try to like cordon us millennials off to some other area. Which, I mean, that's what happened at Trop with Shack Jack. It was like you felt like you were in some place that you shouldn't be in, and it made it a weird experience. So even though it was a fun game, it was not a fun place to be. So that's no one what likes I say. earnest millennials, Craig. I know. What the heck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. All right. Why don't you talk to the talk about the other new uh, game that Chauncey tweeted at us? Yeah, so Chauncey... Walk me through the rules. Chauncey B3WOV on Twitter tweeted both of these games at us, actually. The, the, the Steve Aoki Game Co. game, which I don't think we even said the name of, did we? Steve Aoki's Neon Dream is uh, the Game no, Co. I game. I said it was a new, a new Game Co. game. So a licensed game. Steve Aoki, licensed game. Um, it would be interesting to see if that's any good or not. Guessing not. Uh, more interesting is this new, strange football game at Wild Wild West. It's called Football Kings. It has a $5 minimum. It is a table game. It is clear. a table game, yes. Uh, to me, I guess it's sort of a Baccarat variant. It's, that's, looking at the rules, my impression is it is Baccarat, because there are no decisions, right? You make a bet, and then you win or lose. Yes, no decisions to push. be made. Uh, so it's just a game with where you're betting on one side or the other, and then there's some side bets. So let me explain the rules, and I'll try not to mess it up. So on the table, there are two, two sides with four slots for cards, quarters one through four uh, for each side, a home side and a visiting side. So you bet on home or visitor, just like you'd bet on dealer or banker, um, or banker or player, sorry, in, in Baccarat. Uh, and then the dealer deals out four cards on each side, um, and it's blackjack card values. And basically, you're betting on whether or not the home team will have a higher score or the visiting team will have a higher score. It's totally straightforward in the main bet. Uh, so the main bet is just that homer away. It pays even money. Just like Baccarat, the ties lose. So that's where the house edge is. I took about two minutes to be like, can I figure out what the house edge would be? And very quickly realized I cannot. Um, <laughs> so someday I'll be able... Uh, just enough in Python to program this out and tell me the house edge, but I'm not there yet. Uh, So one of the wrinkles is that with those quarters one through four, uh, I said it's blackjack card values, but the ace is only worth one point in quarter one or two, and it's worth 11 points in quarter three or four. So, and it's not like they deal out quarter one. Ooh, do you want to make another bet? No, quarter two, do you want to make it? No, no, no. It is just, here's the four cards, here's the four cards. You don't have opportunities to make more bets, like three-card poker or anything like that. Uh, so it just is like where the ace happens to get dealt. So that's the game, the basic game. Uh, there are some other side bets you can make. One is on the tie, 
which is a 20 to 1 payout. I also have no idea how likely or unlikely a tie is. Um, there's an over under two, there's an over and an under bet on 56. So if it's over 56, you win even money. If it's under 56 and you bet on under 56, you win even money. Uh, if it's 56, you push. There is a fantasy bet, which is actually on top of your home away bet. So you make a home, home away bet on e- either team, and then you can make another bet that says, I think my team's not only going to win, I think they're going to dominate. And so if, if they win by one to three points, you actually lose that bet. You still win your home visitor bet, but you lose that bet. Uh, four to six is a push. Seven to 13 um, winning margin is even money. Uh, 14 to 28 gets you five to one. 21 to 27 gets you 15 to one. And 28 to 36 gets you 200 to one. I would love to see the house edge on this bet. I have to imagine it is astronomical. Like this sounds terrible because I would think most games would be incredibly close, but I don't know. Uh, This is where someone with better programming chops than me would actually make a playable demo of this and you could see it, but... Uh, Kyle, get on that. <laughs> and so the last bet is the Hail Mary, which is that you're betting that there's a total score of 79 or higher, and it pays 1500 to 1. I'm assuming you only have to bet a dollar on it. But 79 means that you know there are eight slots, so that means it's all 10-point card values or like all 10s and a 9 or you know a bunch of aces in the third and fourth quarter – gives you allows you to get in a couple like a nines or a nine and an eight but you need all very high cards so i don't know it sounds like kind of a fun bet but it's also probably horrific house edge um i mean those are all side bets and as we know from the wizard of odds side bets are soccer bets but sometimes they're fun so does this game sound fun to you first thing so while you were talking about the over and under 56 bets i listened to you and i thought about it and i said that's an even money bet and then I was confused and I went and looked at the Twitter picture and it is 56 and over is one of the bets with 56 being a push and 55 and under. Oh, it's is 55 a bet. and under. Because if it was not, if they were both 56, it would be an even money bet. If you uh, bet the over and the under, you would always push with yourself. And that's not what the casino is interested <laughs> in doing. Right. Okay. So now because you, there are different numbers, it is not an even money bet. So, so 56 and over. And, and 55 and under. Okay. So and if, if you, you push either of them, you just... You would lose. You, if you were betting you, both and you pushed either of them, you would lose. Yeah. Correct. If you were betting both of them and the total is either 55 or 56, you would lose half your money. Right. So it is not an even money bet. Correct. So. Um, yes, thanks for clarifying. Yes. I knew I would mess I, up I something. Was like, I was like, that's an even money bet. What the hell? <laughs> what, what do I not get? But... Yeah. Uh, so does it sound fun? No, it sounds terrible. What? It sounds like it's Casino War or Baccarat. I mean, like, if you want to do something like this, just play Baccarat. It sounds so fun to me. Right? Because at least people are going to be into Baccarat. This is just going to be stupid. <laughs> oh, it's stupid fun. You think though. this sounds fun? Yeah. Oh. It's, I mean, it's, it's totally it's basic and, it's and simple. Those are two words that mean the same thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's war. But there are fun bets, and it's football-themed. So for someone who's a simple person like I am, <laughs> this game... For all the simpletons in the audience. Yeah, so this, this game <laughs> is so easy to understand, like even easier than Bac- Baccarat, because Baccarat... Yeah. Baccarat, I mean, I don't understand Baccarat. Right, like they deal cards, and then if the number is some number, they keep dealing cards, and I don't even yeah. know why they stop, because I haven't, I haven't spent any time learning the rules of right. Baccarat. I mean, that's why I don't understand Baccarat either. Yeah. It's just because I haven't played it enough. I mean, I know what a natural is, and I know that means the game's over, but other than that, I don't, I don't know all the times they hit and stand. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if I spent even 10 minutes on a simulator, I, I would understand what, how to play Baccarat and what all the rules are. It's a yeah, very simple game. how to play tiles. I'm sure, I think that's much harder. So. Right, yeah. Baccarat's incredibly simple. This is even simpler. Uh, I mean, I just sort of like the the goofy bets, like the fantasy bet and the Hail Mary and the over-under. It seems like something that would be fun to play with your friends and, like, shit-talk each other if you're betting against each other or get really excited if you're all betting on the same side, which I guess is true with Baccarat too, but this is simpler. 
like I said, simpler is a marketing tool. Uh, so yeah, the first thing I thought was like, this would be way more fun with a group taking over a table than it would be just stepping up with a bunch of strangers. But I, d- I do want to try it. It's possible I'd play and say, oh, this sucks. I don't actually like it. But at five bucks, it's right in my wheelhouse. Red chip. So I'll probably... Casino War. Eh, I'll probably still play it. Is there $5 right. Casino War, Kyle? I don't know. I don't know. I actually... You don't see a lot of Casino War in Atlantic City. Yeah. What a terrible game Casino War is. Unlike... <laughs> Just, football just kings, like this football game which is an excellent game football kings 100 pe- percent of people will agree this is an yeah. excellent game i'm excited to try it i think it sounds fun you are obviously poo-pooing it yeah but i mean i would try it but it's war so but four cards on each side i don't know i mean the joy of of Baccarat is like how into it people get. Right. I don't know. Are people going to be like super into this? Like, oh, <laughs> I need a eight or more in the fourth quarter to win. Yeah, and that's a lot of that's going to rely on the dealer hamming it mm-hmm. up. And uh, but even more, it's going to rely on who you're you're there with, and if you got friends taking over a table and how you're betting. Like, if you're, I think Baccarat. I think you know, there's like table camaraderie. I think this game would be more fun if. You were there with your friends betting against each other. <laughs> That's but, true. But maybe I'm weird about that. Especially at this limit, because it's limit so low. Every time I play with Paul, he just bets the don't That's when I'm point. rolling in crabs. Yeah. That's actually an advantage play. It is. Yeah, it's actually true. Well, that wouldn't have been true at MGM when you were MGM National Harbor when you were with yeah. Dr. Mike. That would have been a horrible, right. <laughs> huge disadvantage. But, but normally it's an advantage play. Uh, I will say this. Anybody who plays craps with me, bet on the don't when I am rolling. <laughs> I have had the worst craps rolls ever. Like, I've had literally two rolls four times I mean, in a row at a table. Like, point seven. It, wasn't it the last trip you said, like, it was the first time in multiple years that you've hit a point in craps? Probably over a year <laughs> that I've hit a point. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had rolls where I would, like, make a point and then roll a bunch of numbers that didn't do anything for me because I didn't have anything on, on yeah. anything you know it's but bad the pass when line. Yeah, when it's been over a year since you've hit a number. Yeah, it's rough. But <laughs> I don't know. All right. But don't on me. Always the don't on me. <laughs> now that I've said that out loud, it's going to totally turn my luck around. It's the reverse jinx. Yeah. That's a gambling term right up there with do for a win. <laughs> you... Probably I are. Am you actually should only bet the pass when you're rolling because you are due for a win. That's a good point. That's a good point. Now we've reversed the reverse jinx, and I'm going <laughs> to lose forever. Probably. So is there anything else you want to talk about before we close this up? I don't think so. I'm excited to go to AC in, oh. in two weeks. I'm pumped about yeah. that. I wish it I was more I hope I could make night, it, but, but we'll, yeah, it'd be we'll great. see. You, if you go, I'm going to be much more invested in, like, getting out of this conference but trying to play hooky as early as possible right the the one upside of this conference is that it's like two subway stops from the bus station Mm -hmm. it's very easy to get from there (laughs) so the other the downside is that i'll be wearing a suit and that's not really how (laughs) that's how you do ac that's how that's not just how i do ac that's how i do the greyhound to ac so rolling up to the bally's bus terminal strolling out in a suit and tie uh no i'll probably change before that or just not wear a suit to this it conference nice yeah <laughs> it people don't wear suits yeah it's no the they definitely don't i wear a t-shirt and jeans to work every day except in summer where i wear t-shirt shorts so right i'm somewhere between it and administration like i and like college administration so all mm-hmm. the administrators wear suits and all the it people wear jeans and i'd never know where i'm supposed to be in that so. mm. unfortunate yeah so there's just one more thing I want to talk about. Um, I don't know if you've looked at it, but the October numbers came out uh, a few days ago. And I want to know if you had any thoughts on them or if you've looked at them or not. Only the, the very high level overview, which is basically like the brick and mortar is pretty stagnant. Yeah. And online is up like 23%. Is that, yeah. is that right? That's That's about right. I mean, I think so... Right, brick and mortar is basically completely flat from last year, but I, I think it was a very good month. Uh, basically, for one, Borgata did horrible, which I think was just kind of bad luck for them. So they lost like 10% year over year, but everyone else basically did better. 
and that October was a five weekend month last year and a four weekend month this year. So oh. I think I think it was a good month. I think it was yeah, a very that's, good month that's for Atlantic City. Totally positive. Losing, you know, twenty percent of your weekends. <laughs> Taj was open for like two days in October last year. So Ooh, I'm sure Taj brought in a lot of money in uh... $848,000. I'm shocked it's that much. I, I thought you were going to stop at 848. <laughs> $848,671. Yeah. It's not very much. It's not very much, especially, you know, that was with the sort of rush, if you will, to say goodbye but i don't think there was much brush let's see i don't know let me look in 2014 let's see if anyone else did like a a sub million dollar month the month they closed Atlantic club was under four million there last month but i mean two days though for yeah. we don't have the showboat dates. did 15 million in their last month which they must have ended right at the end of the month yeah. although they would have closed labor day weekend maybe our our spreadsheet's just wrong and we didn't put them in september don't know and okay, the Revel one hundred and forty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> I awesome. hope that was like half a month. Yeah. <laughs> it was the full month. Um, so maybe it closed at like five in the morning on the first. Yeah. <laughs> well, it closed. It was uh, September, so it was Labor Day weekend. I'm sure it closed, but still, it's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, that's awful. All right. So anyway, let's wrap this thing up and get out of here. Yeah, it's good to be back, though. It's good to be back it's, and recording. It's, it's great to be back, and, and hopefully we can do one more recording before your trip, at least, to Atlantic City, and maybe my trip to Atlantic City as well, but maybe not. Uh, so uh, thank you guys very much for listening and, and bearing with us during our brief uh, downtime. If you want to reach out to us or chat with any of our other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. You can find all of our content at do for Did you post your essay on our website as well, Craig? I have not yet. That'll probably go up right around when this episode goes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I may stagger it a week. That probably you know, makes more sense. We can't have Travels Work making all of the money off of your hard work. We need some for ourselves <laughs> with our absolutely not monetized websites. <laughs> right. 100% unmonetized yes Ooh, i need that sweet sweet clicks yeah we need All the clicks, clicks to, to prove to uh city of clark why they need to sponsor <laughs> us again <laughs> right bring that clark money back yeah uh you can find our podcast on itunes stitcher google play tune and radio and is youtube still broken yes mm. to be fair i haven't made much of an effort to fix it because there were I getting mean, like there was 15 like views. views per video yeah. so yeah, it's kind of you can reach out to Craig on Twitter at do for a win or send him questions at do for a win at gmail.com. Any last words? Uh, just if you're planning to head to travels work and you want to hang out or play some craps or whatever, let me know uh, on Twitter or in the Facebook group. I'm sure I'll see quite a few listeners at that. Uh, and if you need info on that, it's like travelswork.com. Just go there. All right, and we'll hope to talk to you guys, like I said, one more time before Craig's Atlantic City trip in two weeks. So have a good one, and good luck at the tables. Do you remember when we went right after I did it? And they're like, you are gold. And I'm like, look at this card. They just printed it for me. (laughs) You need to call them. Awesome. And they and still like, were like super skeptical. They're like, we'll let you go. They're like, we're going to let you in, but we know that you don't <laughs> serve us. <laughs> we'll let you in this time, but we do have to stamp gold member on your forehead. Right. <laughs>